Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with class and sass. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. Today's guest is Mary Fran Botempo. She's an author, a humorist, a speaker, and soon to be a podcaster. And yeah, the first thing I want to say, Mary Fran, is in all of your talents, your titles are hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, as you'll hear, some of my humor, most of it has come out of really dark places, but it always ends up being funny and relatable. And that's, that's the key. It's one of those things where you know when it, when it clicks, you just go, oh yeah, let's that's do something it. with that. Yeah. That's it. Uh, you're, the book, Not Ready for Granny Panties, is hysterical, <laughs> but I love your upcoming podcast title, from hot mess to success. Yes, from oh. hot mess to success. Um, it's really interesting, and and it's been a very serendipitous journey. And as you and I were chatting about a few minutes before the the broadcast, this this kind of came about um, literally about a week and a half ago. We just thought let's do a podcast. I have three wonderful friends with whom I've been in a mastermind group for a year, and we. I think the beauty of it is that we have this wonderful, authentic love for and relationship with one another, and other people see that energy and are constantly saying to us, hey, the next time you go out to lunch, call me. Well, we can't invite 150 people to lunch. So... <laughs> We thought, how can we do this? And we decided to do a podcast. So we're super excited about it. It's going to be so fun. And that really comes through, you know, that intense connection and and love for each other. And that's the, that's the gold right there. It is. Yeah, that's it really is. And, you know, I think it's, I think every woman within her potential, within her village has the potential for those relationships. We're just not always willing enough to be vulnerable. And there's a measure of vulnerability that goes along with that. And my feeling is, you know, you and I are talking about the whole aging thing. When you get to a certain point, you just got to lay it all out there. Like, this is me. This is where I've been. Yes, it has been quite a journey, but, um, other people have similar stories. So let's all just keep holding each other up as we move forward. That's, that's a lovely um, idea. You know, one of the things I talk to folks about, and I know that this is something you've thought a lot about and written um, very articulately about, but my clients, you know, um, they have done really beautiful work, caretaking, nurturing with their families. We're all familiar with that. They uh, have probably been really hard, loyal workers and all of that. And they get to a point, even though they're bright and educated and competent, where, you know, they start looking at 50 or they're on the other side of 50 and they're just stumped. You know, absolutely. And I think they're exhausted too. And one of the things that I talk about when I talk about this whole aging concept and, and as we move forward is that the self-talk piece of it comes in because we've been defining ourselves in a certain way for decades. You know, you've been somebody's mother or somebody's spouse or the daughter or the friend or the whatever. And the consequently, you've, you've been in those roles. Mm -hmm. And 
we have to recognize that it's okay to tweak all that and to change it up a little bit and to redefine both those roles as you move forward and maybe take on some new roles for yourself. Take on some stuff that's fun. I mean, honestly, we go around once. What have you got to lose at this point? Mm-hmm. Now, I know you are a big uh, advocate of challenging your negative self-talk. Where did that come yes. out of? That sounds like a psychotherapy kind of track. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh boy, could you and I have a time in a session, Nicole? Yeah. <laughs> you would have a time with me. <laughs> well, um, as I shared with you privately before, uh, before we started recording, um, I was in a really, really dark place a number of years ago. There was a whole lot of stuff. I was in, a, I say, a whirlpool of mess. I had um, my, our, the economy was tanking, so our family business was threatened. My newspaper jobs were drying up because the internet was exploding. I was mm-hmm. turning 50, which at the time I thought was a disaster. Boy, I wish I could get that number back again, but I can't. Right. So, But the worst of it was um, my son was in the throes of a heroin addiction. He mm-hmm. uh, is in, in recovery. He's doing incredibly well right now. But at the time, it was just the darkest place I could have possibly mm-hmm. been. And we were in it for a long time. And there came a point, and I think this happens with every crisis situation, there comes a point at which you realize you are going to lose yourself in it if you don't make some kind of a change. So in the middle of all of this stuff, I was actually lamenting to a friend one day about the whole aging part of it. And I said, oh, I'm so not ready for granny panties. And I, the writer in me perked up and I went, oh, I can do something with that. Uh-huh. So I started, uh, I started a blog because in my mind, a step in any direction as opposed to total inertia was a win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from that, I just started to tweak my self-talk to be like, okay, this is a change, but it's not the end of the world. So let's see how we can move forward through this. And little, mm-hmm. little tiny baby steps um, just moved me eventually to magnificent places. But it's a process. And I think mm-hmm. people need to understand that. Absolutely. Now, you know, I'm just thinking about... Again, forgive my, you know, psychotherapy mindset, but I'm thinking about in the darkest crisis, you did what you knew. You did what you were good at. It was almost, sounds like it was a way almost to anchor yourself and say, I can still do this. My life is falling apart, but damn it, I know how to write. I know how to do this. Yeah, I actually, I actually taught a workshop this past weekend and you know, in this country, we've been raised with this weird sort of puritanical thing where we feel like if we're not really struggling at something, it doesn't have value. We have to work hard and sweat. And my feeling is we should all be doing the things that come naturally to us. Those are our gifts. Those are the things that we received from, you know, our higher power or however you want to look at it that are the things precisely that get you through. They are Mm -hmm. the things that you've been given to rely on. So figure out how in those crisis times, how can you fall back on your gifts, those things that you love, those things that are important and help Mm -hmm. you move forward through that crisis with your gifts. Like an anchor almost, like you're getting blown away in the typhoon, but that's one thing that you can hang on, um, hang on to. 
and, exactly. and be sustained. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, you and I, I think, have done a lot of talking and, and reading and understanding about what happens in middle age and how uh, women can really blossom. Um, and many people that I've talked to and read, there's, there's almost always pain and loss. Oh, I think that's inevitable. It's part of the human experience. Um, you know, if you think you're going to be the first person to get from the beginning to the end of this journey without experiencing that, well, sorry, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but you're not. <laughs> and and I think um, if we accept and recognize that, first of all, it's part of it. Second of all, every single person that you meet either has or will experience some of that. It's also a way to share with people and to bond with people and to continue to expand your village and to make those connections that really are ultimately what it's all about. The best friendships that I have ever had have been formed within the last five or six years. And that's and, amazing. Yeah. When you were going through your son's heroin addiction, did you form a village around other parents whose children were struggling with addiction? You know, that's a really interesting question. I am not by nature a joiner. I'm not a, um, I, I was not the one who went and joined the support groups and all of that for the simple reason that um, I didn't want to live in that space when I didn't have to. So if I had some free time, the last thing I wanted to do was go to a support group and talk about it. Mm -hmm. So that being said, though, what ended up working for me was to have my close group of friends who knew what was going on. I didn't talk about it necessarily with them, but they knew that they needed to support me. They knew that we needed to have fun. And, and that's what I did when I had those opportunities. So I really think it's also important for everybody to realize that there's no playbook here. You know, you don't experience something and then, well, here's the, here are the steps that you take to get out of it. You mm -hmm. do what works for you. If you're a joiner and joining a support group or something works for you, then do it. If you're not, and what you really need to do is sit on the couch with a glass of wine and a big fat chocolate chip cookie and watch mm -hmm. three hours of Say Yes to the Dress, then do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but do what works for you. And don't be hung up on, I should be this, I should be that. Should and shouldn't are two of the words that I say we have to get rid of from our vocabularies. You're really talking about resilience here mm -hmm. and um, talking about how, as we know, I think the Buddhists have really gotten it right, that life is a lot of suffering and loss, and you can't argue with that, so you might as well not even try, right? So the idea is how do I, you know, sort of accept it and do what you're, you're talking about, what do I need now? What I need right. now is to sit and watch Netflix and right. eat something yummy. Exactly. And that's going to change. That's going to change depending on where you are. You know, any given day, as you know, you know, as well as I do, even in the best of times, some days you wake up energized, other days you wake up and you want to pull the covers back over your head. I mean, mm -hmm. we just have to be respectful of ourselves and where we are and stop feeling like if we're not doing X, Y, Z, then somehow we're failing. To my mind, if you get to the end of the day and nobody has to pour you into bed, you actually climb <laughs> into it yourself, that's a win. I mean, that's to me, that's a win. So we just have to stop beating ourselves up 
when certain days are days where all we do is watch a three-hour say yes to the dress marathon, and that's the most we get accomplished. So what? You'll do something else tomorrow. So what? It'll be okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because there's, of course, uh, a lot written, especially now for adolescents who are living on, um, you know, digital media and looking at uh, these sort of perfect, sort of seemingly optimal lives and bodies and, and, and that. And what is your thought about that? Because you're saying, listen, that life, life doesn't look like that. Life looks at times really ugly and that's fine. Do you have a sense of, or do you have any thoughts about this whole, uh, you know, almost like a Facebook phenomenon where we're looking at all of the greatest hits well, you literally just hit on one of my the one of the dirty words. You you literally unknowingly walked right into one of the things that I talk about all the time, and that is that we are as a culture addicted to superlatives. Mm. You know, if it's mm. not amazing or fantastic or incredible or awesome, we or think awesome, it's a big right? fat fail. Mm-hmm. And it's not a fail. And fine, the word fine has become a dirty word for us because we equate fine. It used to mean a thing of, of high quality, you know, like a fine garment or a fine wine. And now we equate fine with failure. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Most days things are just going to be fine and that's okay. We mm-hmm. accept, accept fine. If stuff doesn't reach the apex of experience, every single thing that you do. And, and really, here's what you have to remember, kids. You, when you take a picture of something, what do you do? Do you immediately post it on Instagram? No. You edit it. You crop it. You add a filter. You saturate mm-hmm. the colors. You are creating something that didn't exist in the first place. So mm. if you're doing that, everybody else is doing that too. What we're seeing is the edited version of life. Mm-hmm. It's not real life. Not it's the outtakes. Yeah, we're not seeing the outtakes. We're not seeing fine. We're seeing what somebody does after they edit life. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't, we can't, we don't have the opportunity to edit life all the time. And we shouldn't try. My gosh, that's exhausting. Just, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to go, yeah, well, that wasn't great, but it was fine. I'm moving on. I'm there curious. you go. There you go. There it is right there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm curious. Do you, do you do, it sounds like you do this, and I don't know if you call it this, but in my world, we would call that a type of mindfulness. It is mindfulness. <clears throat> and I mean, acceptance of here it is, let me savor savor it up and down, and it's real life. Exactly. It is exactly mindfulness. So when I talk to people about self-talk, I'm not talking about that big voice that says, oh, you're not good enough. Everybody knows that big voice. What we don't know is that little voice that almost doesn't even necessarily speak to us, but it's there in our subconscious that's saying that words like fine are no good. You have to be outstanding. You can't just be fine. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can be fine. So it's mindfulness about how we approach the everyday moments and Mm -hmm. how we recognize that every single moment is not going to be fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it might just be okay. And if you get the job done, then you can move towards things. And let's bring the conversation back full circle here to where your gifts are, to where you want to try to be fabulous to where you can be fabulous and leave the other stuff up to other people who are fabulous in that area where you're not 
Do you uh, do you look at any cultural impact of this? I've noticed a lot when I go to play tennis with my lovelies, as I call them. You know, <laughs> you see the kids coming out, and they have these T-shirts that I think to myself, this is really a U.S. phenomenon. Like, I'm the best, move over. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, like, tackle you till you bleed and this. <laughs> and I think, like, who who does this? And, and, and it really speaks to what you're saying. Essentially, I'm number one. It's like, go big, go home, all this stuff. And I think, why can't we all just play together? Yeah. And, and it'd be fun. Why does it have to be, you know... I'm going to spike that ball in your face when I make a touchdown. I mean, do you, is that something that uh, you well, you know, it, it, it you do see it, and it's really unfortunate. I mean, I think it does a lot of things. I think it comes from that idea of we all want to encourage our kids to try and to be their best and all that, but it shouldn't come at the cost of everybody else. And keep this one thing in mind: maybe you are going to spike the ball. But maybe when you go to Starbucks and that kid's working behind the counter and you spike the ball in their face, you don't know what they're putting in your coffee. <laughs> they're going to spike it with they're something gonna... else. <laughs> so you do not operate in a vacuum. So you have to be aware of how you treat people. You mm -hmm. can win without spiking the ball. You know, let's, oh. let's just call that what it is. You can win and you can win inclusively. You don't, mm. winning does not have to be an individual activity. You know, when people go on TV and they say, you know, I want to thank God. I want to thank my mom and dad. I want to thank my mm. team. I want to thank my coach. It's not a singular activity. Nobody gets there on their own. Nobody. That's lovely. What do you think about women and our comfort um, with, uh, we'll, we'll use our, our metaphor, spiking the ball, winning and feeling like, yeah, look at me. I'm the, you know, I've done this. It's been really hard, but look at me go. What's your, what's your experience of women's ability to claim their power to use a sort of a cliche phrase? Well, it's a really interesting question because I think you see the polar opposite there. I don't see, think you see too many women of our generation walking around saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to bite your head off and, and then I'm going to hand it to you so you can see me running across the field goal line. I don't think we do that. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe in some ways, not that we need to do that, certainly, but I think we need to be willing to claim our wins. We don't celebrate our wins enough. And in fact, um, I think we, we tend to be um, too too submissive where our wins are concerned. We, we allow that to be taken from us. And that's something that we need to get away from, you know. And I think the other thing is a lot of women of our age don't necessarily feel like they have a win because they're not, um, maybe you're not a tech genius. Maybe you're not starting a school in Africa. Maybe you're not a whatever. We tend to qualify winning um, too differently. It, you need to recognize, like I said, if you're standing at the end of the day and climbing into bed yourself, it's a win. Oh, that's it's, such a, I mean, I, I can just hear the collective sigh <laughs> of, of our listeners oh, saying, oh, oh wow, I'll let lower in the bar, baby. That's oh, what yeah. <laughs> That bar, you just need to be able to step over that sucker. Put the pole down. You don't have to pole vault over that baby. Oh, wow. 
Hey there! More of the interview in just one moment. Now it's time for a quick shameless plug for my Zestful Aging web course and my newsletter, Breathe, Taste, Savor. Hop on over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging to find out more. Now back to the show. You know, I'm curious, um, in your career and as, a, as your development um, as a woman, have you seen yourself more able and more comfortable with claiming your successes? Um, yes. And I will say that, uh, and again, uh, here's what I try to, to, here's what I hope for when I speak to women. I hope that they don't have to go through the kind of crisis that I went through before they claim their wins. And that's one of the things that I talk to them about. Don't wait for this awful crisis. Recognize, look back at what you have, have done. Look at where you are. I always say to women, if you doubt what you bring to the table, write your own introduction. Whenever I go to speak places, this cracks mm -hmm. me up. I go to speak places and they read this wonderful introduction uh, of me. And whenever I hear it, I think, oh, wow, she's really cool. I want to meet her. <laughs> and then I realize two things. First of all, it's about me. And second of all, I wrote it. <laughs> That is the best part. It's all true. So if you are not able to claim your wins or you can't see what they are, either write your own introduction or better yet, have your best friend write it for you. Mm. Because I guarantee you, those people who love you, they know what your wins are. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't sure, you ask them. Do that little exercise. Write an introduction for one of your, get a group of your girlfriends together, have some wine, and write yourselves introductions for each other. You will be amazed at how fabulous you are by the time that's done. And what I found interesting, I, had, I did that a while back. I was doing some kind of online thing about entrepreneurship. I don't remember. And I thought, I mean, I really expected it to come back, certain qualities. And it, this is going to sound uh, maybe uh, conceited, but I thought, well, people are going to say she's smart, okay, because I've done well in school and all. Nobody said I was smart. <laughs> Nobody. They didn't really care that, you know. <laughs> That, you know, I know how to study. They said, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that seemed to be important to them was part of it was sense of humor. And that mm -hmm. really surprised me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think really because something like that, again, speaks to your authenticity. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we've all got we've all got those accomplishments. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know that I've ever met a really dumb woman. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's, but now sometimes we're, you know, we can be in a fog. I, I get that with the whole hormonal thing that happens, right. but there's not a one of us that's dumb. I mean, just to get again to the end of the day takes an incredible amount of resilience and mm -hmm. smarts, but what patience. it comes down to and mm -hmm. patience, but what it ultimately comes down to is how authentic and relatable are you to everybody else? You know, that's mm -hmm. it. This is, a, it's about connecting. It's about, mm -hmm. again, sharing your gifts, sharing your strengths, and being vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm not really good at that, but you are. Can you help me out here? Can you mm -hmm. show me how to do that? Can we work together? 
the the power that comes from those kinds of engagements are amazing and and again it doesn't end up necessarily defining you like oh you're the smart one you're the this you're the that it just ends up being this part of this wonderful package that you create that you present to the world you know it's so interesting because you're talking about it in terms of power success enjoyment passion but of course the uh the research on longevity is boy are you in your wheelhouse because <laughs> it you know ahead of ahead of uh diet ahead of exercise is connection mm-hmm. and um because we're mammals yes we if we are not in our tribe we're gonna get picked off exactly so it's not just sort of uh, fun to go out and, as you say, have a glass of wine or share your vulnerabilities. It's actually really essential for for wellness, emotional and physical wellness. So, boy, have you you're really, um, you know, talking about the gold. That those are the gold nuggets. I think I think so, but and I think I think sadly in some ways and but I think it's the pendulum is starting to swing because I think I'm actually reading this book Girl Code um, which talks about that culture where I think when women first got into the workforce however many you know really got in on mass a number of decades ago there weren't that many of us so people the image of women was like clawing your way to the top no matter who you stepped on mm-hmm. well now I think that model is shifting and we are realizing that our power Power comes from being together, whether it's in a professional or a personal space. And since women are not good at separating those two things either, when we accept that we're bringing all of that to the table, we go so much further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think the challenges are now for women really sort of owning their power, owning their strength. Um, anything in particular that, that jumps out at you? Yes, don't listen to your family. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a whole other episode. That's a whole other That's... program, Nicole. Entitled Never, other... Listen, Never <laughs> Listen to Your Family. It's very hard to claim your power when somebody's telling you they don't have any underwear in their drawer. It's very hard. Again with the underwear. Again with the underwear. It always comes back to the pants. (laughs) I think that should be your your tweet for the day. It always always comes comes back back to the panties. But really and truly, again, we have to understand that certain people in our lives, and often it's those closest to us, they know us in certain roles. They are often the ones who are most surprised by our success in some ways because they don't think of the woman who's putting the underwear back in their drawer as the one who's starting the company or doing this or doing that. That doesn't mean they don't love us. That doesn't mean they don't believe in us. That doesn't mean they don't support us. But they are not naturally the ones who see us in that role role. Mm -hmm. So you really need to get outside of that and build your your tribe of women who are Mm like-minded and who are in similar situations and then you feed each other. And in Mm -hmm. the midst of that, you talk about the fact that after you're done with this powerful mastermind meeting, you're going to go home and do the laundry. Mm Because it's a part of it. But when I say don't listen to your family, I mean you know, you have to, you have to be aware of the fact that they see you in a certain role. And until you've established yourself in another place and kind of let them in on that, 
they're not going to be your biggest support group because they can't fathom it. Oh, I see. I see. So you, so you sort of see yourself through their eyes, essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're the, you know, you're, you're the butcher scuttle, baker, butcher the baker candlestick maid. maker. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. See, you're Cinderella in rags when you're with your family. You're Cinderella uh, in the ball gown when you're with your tribe. Oh, wow. Is that beautiful? Now, I can already hear people saying, okay, you know, I've been super duper nurturer. I've, you know, I've provided nurturance for my family, my partner, my this, my that, and I'm getting a pink slip here. Nobody needs those jobs done for them anymore. And I'm standing out here kind of lost in the in the woods. I don't even know where to start. And I get pushback from people saying, I don't really want to go to a meetup group. I'm shy or I've never done that before. And I'm going to, you know, people are going to, you know, judge me. How do we push through that kind of, you know, you're, you're not quite confident yet into your new, in your new roles. How do, how do you help people push through that identity shift? Well, I think you need to, there are a couple of answers to that. And that's a very valid question. And again, one of the challenges is how do we redefine ourselves? You've been doing this stuff for decades, so it's automatic. You don't even think about it. When you suddenly have to think about how to reinvent yourself, that can be terrifying. It can be terrifying. So my suggestion would be a couple of things. First of all, find a place that you're comfortable. A lot of us are comfortable at church. Um, a lot of us, you know, we go to church every week. We, we are involved. We volunteer. If there's a place where you already volunteer or if there's a cause that's close to your heart, do something that's really low pressure and kind of get yourself out there to meet people. If you're still not ready to go out there and meet people, this thing called the internet is amazing <laughs> for connecting people. It's amazing. Mm. Find places where they're talking about things that you're interested mm -hmm. and start maybe posting some comments and kind of engage oh, with people advice. that way. That's great um, advice, yeah. It's a very soft way. There are tons of groups on Facebook um, where you can find something that you're interested in. And some of the friends, I have some wonderful friends out in California that I have never laid eyes on. Oh my goodness. And these are people that I met through the internet. So there are very low pressure ways to build your tribe. And if you're nervous, start online. And then guess what? When you're tired of it or it's starting to make you nervous, go into the kitchen and eat that chocolate chip cookie that's sitting on the counter. <laughs> I love it. And enjoy it. And, and enjoy people, every bite. You know, there's a woman, uh, you may have heard of her. She is like uh, one of the uh, uh, frontier women on intuitive eating. Her name is Evelyn Triboli. Mm -hmm. And she talks about um, when she eats something, you know, a luxury food like this chocolate chip cookie, she really does it right because she wants to just savor it and enjoy it. She doesn't want people around. She doesn't want it on the TV. She wants to sit and just enjoy every morsel. And I, I just love that sort of visual, you know, 
Uh, Absolutely. I When I pick up those chocolate chip cookies, I go right for the big giant chocolate chip. And that's mm-hmm. the part that I break off first. And that's I eat right. It. <laughs> and, it, and, and we have taste buds for a reason. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we have to reward ourselves. We have to reward ourselves. It's mm-hmm. so important to do that. Self-indulgence is not selfish. It's survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that that really even relates back to some of the very dark times mm-hmm. uh, with your son where, you know, it, I think it also can come down to, you know, it's he, it's him or me, right? Oh, I gosh, mean, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I actually got to that point with him, and that's and that mm-hmm. is where a lot of this started uh, to really gel and take take form. Um, he was in treatment the second time. He was in rehab for the second time, and I kind of had this this epiphany realization, which was that he could choose to live however he wanted. If he chose to live as a drug addict, there is nothing I could do about it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Um, but what I could do and what I told him was I could choose to not follow him down that path. And I said to him, you can choose to live however you want. And I'm your mom and I love you and I will follow you to the edge. But I will not follow you over and I will not allow you to take your father and your sisters with you. Mm-hmm. Now, that didn't necessarily change him. I wouldn't pr- presume to say anything I said or did made him decide to get well. But it changed me. Because it, it, it set up a boundary, which is another really important word that we have to embrace as we move forward through this life. Mm-hmm. You know, there comes a point when you got to cut your kids off and you mm-hmm. just got to go, look, you're making these choices. Don't expect me to pull you out of this mess or follow you down this rabbit hole if this is where you're going, because I'm not going there. That's a whole other episode. It is. It? We yeah. have about six new shows that we could <laughs> that's do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that is so true. And that is, that's a loss, I think, um, a loss and a freedom. It's that sort of ambivalent, like, it's time to say, I've done the raising I can do. And, you know, peace be with you. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect way to put it. It's a loss and a freedom. But isn't so much of life like that? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, we have to recognize that if we're going to grow, we have to recognize that almost all freedoms do come tinged with a little bit of loss. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be so helpful for our listeners to take some of your advice about the baby steps and even, you know, starting online and all that because it is, as you say, it is so scary. I mean, you it's like everything. It's like we're launching, too, you know. Our oh, kids sure. are launching, and we're launching. And sometimes you look down, and you don't see a, a safety net there. Yes. Um, but you so, know what? You, you yeah. have the safety net. We have the safety net. We just don't realize it. Our, you know, our friends, those people that we, that we count on, again, surrounding yourself with those like-minded women, mm-hmm. and really even your family or your spouse, there's someone in your, in your world, whether it's your mother, your sister, or your best friend, your spouse, your, the, the, I mean, the Starbucks barista who you tell all your stories to, your hairdresser, <laughs> whatever. There's somebody out there that you can say, look, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. Don't tell anybody. I just mm-hmm. needed to get this off my chest and, you know, and, and have a confidant. There's somebody that you can that you can share that information with. And it is scary. I'm not going to go all Pollyanna here and say it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so worth it. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need a cheerleader, absolutely. Sure. And and to know that many women have walked that road, um, you know, ahead of you. If you just start looking at, you know, following other bloggers or even other podcasters talking about women making these incredible transitions yes. and recreating themselves, it's very inspiring and, you know... Um, and relatable, I think. And, and you know, again, I'm going to go back to this. And this is really, truly important whenever you're doing any of these things. Um, you can't be married to the outcome. You, mm. can't, you can't set an expectation and say, well, if it doesn't work out this way, then I've failed and I'm going to crawl back in my hole under my rock. You can't do that because any of these things that you start could go off in any number of directions. So you Mm -hmm. start the plan, you create the plan, you start the plan, and then you launch it, and then you let it evolve. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't go in the direction that you thought, then be willing to take a step in another direction because you might be going down a better path than you ever thought. I never, if anybody had told me 10 years ago that I would be sitting here having this conversation with you and and doing all of this stuff, I would have laughed at them because this wasn't part of my plan. This kind of just happened. But it's it so happened funny because I was willing for it to happen. And you, let did, it. you did the work and then you let it do its thing. Exactly. Yeah, you planted the seeds. I found that too. I started this podcast because I... You know, I, I've uh, launched this online course on wellness, and I just got so, like, there was a lot of tech that had to be done. I had done my work. I had done the research. I had done the videoing. I had done everything. And the rest was just tech, and I'm just tapping my toes going, come on, guys, you know, let's get this thing up and running. Let's go. And I was just sort of waiting, and I thought, this is not me. And my tech person said, why don't you do a podcast? I thought, that's a great idea. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. try this and see where it goes. Ooh, and yeah. you know what? If it doesn't, if whatever you're planning or you're trying, again, if it doesn't work out, something has come of that. You've either learned something, you've gone off in another direction, whatever. And it's okay to say, yeah, that was cool, but I'm not going to do that anymore. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay to put something on a shelf. You don't always have to follow everything through to some perceived or prescripted end. Mm-hmm. The end can be when you want the end to be. Okay, I'm tired mm-hmm. of this. I'm not doing this anymore. I used to right. do a lot of singing. I, I, I was trained as a singer. I, you know, I did tons and tons and tons of singing. And over the last couple of years, um, I've had some thyroid, some throat issues and stuff. But even more than that, I've kind of decided, okay, I did that already. I'm kind of done with that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be done with that. It was great, but I'm I'm moving on. So it's okay to close chapters, to turn pages, and be okay and, with that. You know, there's this sort of this Chinese philosophy. I think you have to clear out the old, right, yes. for the new to come in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I think you have to. You can't hold anything in full hands. Mm-hmm. You can't hold anything new in full hands. You're so. sounding more and more like a Buddhist. Every I know, day. right? 
You know, it's so funny. <laughs> I had my girlfriend. Granny uh, Right? I had my girlfriend stay over here a couple of a couple of months ago, and they stayed overnight. And the one girl came down the next morning for breakfast, and she was like, you know, you have a lot of Buddha statues around here. And I was like, oh, my God, I do. I didn't even realize it, but they're everywhere. I have Buddha <laughs> statues everywhere. So I guess I have some connection to that. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that you have the modern connection. A recovering Catholic with Buddha with a Buddha tendency. Oh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I think you're so relatable to to women who, you know, feel stuck because it hasn't been easy. You have been through the fire. Right. And, um, you know, I think that that's such that's so helpful for people to hear, oh, maybe, you know, I'm stuck and I'm not the only one and it's not because I'm a dummy or, right. you know, or whatever, but this is just part of the process. It is, yeah, and it's really funny because, you know, when people first see me, I'm, I'm this kind of short, like, little blonde girl, and I, you know, I wear makeup, and I, I look half decent and everything, and then I tell them that I'm the mother of a recovering heroin addict. They all look at me like, what? So it's it's just this, I, I share that story with everybody for that very specific reason. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to look at what I'm doing now, and the speaking, and the books, and all that stuff. I don't want them to look at that and go, oh my gosh, she's awesome. I want them to know, hey, I was a hot mess for a long time Mm -hmm. and I just Mm -hmm. took a couple of steps and here I am this wasn't Mm -hmm. part of the plan this kind of just developed now I worked it don't get me wrong there's a heck of a lot of work that went into it but I allowed life to unfold Mm -hmm. and I was willing to let that happen and see where things took me and I'm no better than you that's Mm -hmm. the whole point I am no better than anybody else that I encounter yeah, I'm going to guess, take a wild guess, that you might be a Brene Brown fan. I am. <laughs> How'd you I'm know like, that? <laughs> well, just a wild guess. But you're, you are just a radical, like, authentic woman. You're like, here it is. It looks great. But don't don't, don't be, be fooled. fooled it's because... all smoke and mirrors, people. It's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> it's 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 you know. I got. I know how to put my makeup on and choose a dress. <laughs> I have. Here we go again. I have panties that the elastics all worn out. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not right. a perfect package. It's so, not a perfect package, and it never it never will be. And I am so okay with that. Mm-hmm. That releases you when you are okay letting people see that you aren't perfect oh my gosh Mm -hmm. it releases you from so Mm -hmm. much pressure like Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled that I can say that to people this is Mm -hmm. it this is all I got today some days it's good some days it's not so great but this is what I have to bring to the table today and I think also as a parent, being able to say, man, did I mess that one up? And yes. I'm gonna, I'll give you a big apology because that was terrible. Yeah, I really <laughs> yeah. screwed up. That page was yeah. definitely not in the playbook and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yep. And, and, and truthfully, who does? Right. Like, we just don't. And I think actually, you know, to go back to another topic, one of the reasons kids today have so much trouble is because they see these scripted realities and they think that they're supposed to know what to do about mm-hmm. everything. And they can't possibly. And we didn't right. know what to do. We just sort of fumbled our way through everything and we got to the end game. But they have to understand that you, you don't script reality. It just mm-hmm. happens. 
and then and you the figure rules it out. And have changed so much. I mean, I think when yeah. we were kids, we knew we're going to go to college, we're going to get a job, we're going to have a pension. I mean, it's all right. like, you know, somebody shook, it's like a snow globe, someone shook Right. And, you know, nobody knows what the what the path is anymore. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, and they have to understand that they aren't expected to do any more than that. All you're expected to do is the next right thing mm-hmm. and eventually figure it out. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And throw a little kindness in and you're yeah. good. And you're throw done. a little fun in and yes. lighten up. You know, lighten, lighten up. up. Yeah. Well, you are something else. You are a force to be <laughs> so, reckoned with. So I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Oh, it gives you, your, your wisdom and your energy are just palpable. And I think people will so appreciate your story and just saying, look, you know, I'm working. Um, sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. I think for sure. And get out there and give it a try. Join us. Mm-hmm. Get in the pool. The water's warm. Get... Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Any any last things you want to um, put out there, Mary Fran? I know you've already dropped a lot of wisdom bombs, wisdom um, bombs. on us. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I just think it's about, it's about being authentic. It's about knowing that I, one of the things that I say about women is we all have the same story and we all want the th- same things. The details are just different. Mm-hmm. So once we recognize that we're really all coming from the same place, it's really so much easier to reach out and to build your tribe and to um, to try stuff. Hey, just try stuff. Why not? Mm-hmm. If you stink at it, I always, you know, if you're really afraid, make yourself get up and sing karaoke somewhere. There is nothing more terrifying <laughs> than singing karaoke if you can't sing. But once you realize you're not going to die of embarrassment, suddenly many things become possible. Mm-hmm. So you are not going to die of embarrassment. Just try things. And, um, you know, I'd love to keep in touch with your with your listeners. Like, Look mm-hmm. me up on maryframbontempo.com and, and reach out to me. And I'd love to continue the conversation. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for your, your uh, beautiful philosophies, your hard-won wisdom. It's been a real delight talking to you today and I'll look forward to passing along your information so our listeners can learn more and hear more about your your uh, your new projects too, the Hot Mess to Success podcast that I know is going to be launched in March. Yes. And so I will put that all in the notes. Four chicks chatting, hot mess to success. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. And thank you, Nicole. This was delightful. I truly enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. Please comment, rate me on iTunes, like, and share. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. Want more zest? Head over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging where you can find out about my online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. See you next time.